eight bands. Some heavy, some sweet, some country, and some a little out there. But they do have some things in common. They're all from North Mississippi and they're all competing for your attention. One of them will win Studio Time, Music Video Production and the first ever Buddy and K Award. To listen to the podcast and start voting, subscribe to the Battle for the Bane podcast on iTunes or go to features at WTVA.com. Presented by WTVA Creative Content and Tupelo Consignment Music. Look, you know how this works, people. The views and opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of WTVA, Sister Station, WLOV, or parent company, Heartland Media. When our producer Nick Boone brought us the story of Riley Tipler, he quoted Eric Thomas, calling this high school basketball coach the perfect example of I can, I will, I must. Once you've heard all of this program, we think you will agree with that assessment. Coach Tipler has overcome obstacles, defied odds, even had the wisdom to find the positive applications of an absolutely devastating event in his life. This inspirational look at an underdog success inspires us all and transcends the game of basketball. I'm WTVA Sports Director Jim Holder, and this is Fever and Fits, Episode 2. WTVA Creative Content Studio in the All-America City. This is Fever and Fits, legendary stories of North Mississippi sports told by the people who lived then. 1998, can you take me back? You getting ready to graduate high school? 1998, I graduated from Ripley. I was one of those students that did just enough probably in high school. I was at least liked enough that I can kind of make it through. Yeah. Uh, could have been, probably been an excellent student if I'd applied myself a little bit more. Um, but I just had the gift of gab of just making do what, what, I, what I did. And, um, and I built a lot of relationships, so I was always good at building relationships. So after leaving there, um, I wanted to go to Mississippi State, and I had to take some tests and stuff that let me know that I didn't have, I didn't have the, the privilege of having a summer vacation like a lot of <laughs> high school kids have. Yeah. So I had to go straight to summer school, straight out of high school. So I spent a week at home and left for Mississippi State within a week. My mom crying because she didn't have that ample time to yeah. you know, get ready to get rid of me. And she cried and begged me to stay and go to Northeast. And I was like, no, I'm going to go. So I went there. I did lovely. Uh, my, both of my summer sessions, I had like a 4.0 grade point average. You know, mom's happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And probably the reason why I did have that was because I didn't know anybody there. So I was a fresh face. I didn't know anybody. I was halfway scared. So the only thing I had to do was focus on, you know, my books. Right. So after that, my best friend was also coming down in the fall. So by the time fall came around, I kind of got adjusted to Mississippi State. Yeah. Started knowing people. And yeah. people started knowing who Raleigh, Raleigh was. And right. he came in and yeah, the so. rest was kind of his. It went down here from there, huh? Went from a 4.0 to a 3.0 to a 3.0 to on probation. So yeah, that, that's tough. When you can pull that off. <laughs> I, no, when I do something, I do it to the, uh, yeah, the, the you, fullest. You, and, you go all the way in with it. So I, my mom, of course, she was upset, you know, that 
within a year's time, um, I had got on probation or whatever, and um, I left there and I went to Northeast for a semester, pulled my grades up again just because I wanted to get back to Mississippi State where all my friends was and um, where I wanted to be at in the first place. So I got my grades back up, uh, went back, transferred back to Mississippi State to where um, I kind of halfway did okay just to make sure I stayed because I knew what would happen if I didn't. Got my own apartment there with a, about three other friends right. that uh, who I'm still pretty close with now. And I just got in one of those moods where I just don't want to go to school. I just want to want to chill. I just want to just live, I guess. And I, I remember calling my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm not going back next semester. And all. she was upset. So what, 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 was, what was your biggest distraction at Mississippi State when you went back the second time? The second time, I guess, the distraction was... I just wasn't self-motivated, you know, um, to go ahead and complete some of these things. It was me just really getting sidetracked by life. And um, even when I went back, I said, man, this is not for me. I did my work and I did okay, but didn't really excel. I just made sure I did enough to not get kicked out. Hmm. And um, I just had, I just woke up one day and told my mom, I'm not, I'm not going back. And um She's like, well, what are you going to do? Don't, you know, I was like, well, I'm just going to stay here. You know, I, I was working. I was working at Subway in the union. You're working at Subway. In the union. That, was, that was a lot of money, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but I, I made enough to, you know, pay my rent and all that stuff. And um, and finally I had a call where I used to work summer um, jobs with, was uh, Renaissance Bank now, but it was People Bank, uh, People's Bank and Trust Company at the time. Uh, I used to do summer work and I received a call. There was an opening in the business management department and, um, I decided, well, I'm just going to try this out. So I left school, packed up, left school, and started working there full-time. And I already had my own house. My grandmother had passed and left me my own home. Right. So I... You felt like you would... I felt like I I was living. You know, I had an apartment in Starfield and my own house in Ripley. So I would go there, and I didn't know. I was kind of away from Mama, but I wasn't away from Mama. But I came home, and I just started working um, full-time at the bank. I worked there for around three years. And around that third year, I... That's when I found out that I was going to uh, be a father. My, my, I had my first born, born, which was going to be my first, my, my son. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, we, I feel like I need to take care of him. And that's when I decided to leave there to make more money. And I came here to Ed Crew, you know, yeah. kind of coming back home, I guess. I, right. I, I made it to Ed Crew. I was working at Ashley Furniture. I worked at Ashley Furniture. have never worked in a, a factory in my life. I just know that they pay pretty good. I know I had been there about a year, and towards the end of that, my mom said, I remember her telling me that I was going back to school and that I was going to start working at the school. And I told some of the supervisors, like, I put in my two weeks' notice, and I remember one, his name is David. I'll never forget him, his name is David. And he told me, you'll be back. Hmm. I said, no, I don't, I don't think I will. He said, trust me, you'll be back if not. And I'm, I'm proud for you, but you'll be back. And that, that's one thing that always stuck with me. Because by him saying that, it's pretty much saying I was going to go and I was going to fail. So when you, when, you, when you walked out of Ashley, you did not have a college degree? I did not. Didn't, I, didn't have, I had no clue of what I was going to do, actually. I was just living. And you know, in my 20, early 20s, it was just more of everything was fine. I had a nice car. I had my own house. I was kind of doing well. You know, and I, just, I was just living, not really thinking about what my career needed to be or what my passion was at the time. Because I initially, when even thinking about coaching, I started out to be a special ed teacher like my mom. My right. mom's a special ed teacher. She just retired. And I was kind of wanting to go in her footsteps and do the same thing. 
So you went back. You so she got you a job at the school system. She did in Ashton, and, Ashton Middle School, and um, uh, at the same time of going back there, I registered at um, Blue Mountain College. Right. Went to Blue Mountain College. Still wasn't taking things seriously. So I'll take a couple classes this yeah. semester. Next semester, I won't take any. I'll go back. It was just a back and forth thing. And um, what really scared me with that, and I knew that I had to get myself together, was when Coach Terry, which was the high school coach at the time, every coach wants to be a high school coach, you know, at some time. I knew I wasn't quite ready, but I seen that he had got a new assistant in. So that scared right. me. I'm thinking... When Coach Terry leaves, this new assistant is going to step in. Right. You know? And I knew then, like, I'm getting back in school, so now I'm struggling. I'm just all out trying to get all this stuff done. And um, another thing that happened, I, I really feel like I was really blessed. My mom put me in a position that what was my calling, that I didn't even know hmm. what was my calling because, like I said, I never had a desire to coach basketball. And as soon as I came to Ashland, the um, – Junior high basketball coach who had been there for years and years, he retired, and they had anyone, nobody else to do it. And they just told me to just, just step in. So, how was the team? Like, were, were they were they thriving before you uh, got? He he had it going. You know, they was this every year. This athlete after athlete is coming in, this recycling in and out. Of that so that's that's a lot of pressure for you to take that over. And say, okay, don't we do uh, we we good? Don't mess it up. You know, at the time, I believe I was so naive. Yeah, and. And also so cocky at the time that I felt like I could do anything. Right. Because I'm still in my 20s. I'm still I'm 24 years old. I'm thinking, there's nothing I can't do. You know, that, that Superman right. kind of uh, uh, way of thinking. And I, I stepped in and I, I learned the hard way. We were successful. But it, I'm, I, me looking back, it's a lot of things I could have done differently. There's a lot of things I could have helped them with or really focused in on that could have really made them very dominant at the time. But... At the time, it was probably more of the athleticism that I had right. with my inexperience that kind of balanced everything out. Right. And I really learned a lot of things from this trial and error and uh, just off memory of things I've done in high school when I played or when I sit on the bench. I sit on the bench from seventh grade <laughs> all the way through high school. I graduated <laughs> all through high school. And um, and the one thing I did, I always had a good you know, relationship with the kids. So. Yeah. They respected me, and you know, and I respected them. And they, they, those first couple of groups really, I believe, helped mold me to be a coach. Because I, I never knew I had a passion for it until then. Yeah. And um, I never, never liked to lose. So right. that kind of added into, you know, the whole coaching thing. So how did you, how did you go from, how many years did you coach junior high ball, and how did you go from junior high ball to high school ball? That's kind of like I said, it's like it's destined. Like my mom knew what I should be doing, and it's kind of God's plan. Right. I, I coached junior high for eight years. And then um, I told you the new assistant coach came in, and he received a job, and he's at California State at Bakersville right now. He's assistant girls coach, so he left. So Coach Terry, who was kind of on his way out, um, kind of called me and was like, I'm not feeling well today. Can you help me out? Or I got to go out of town to do this. I need you to step in for this game. I'm scared. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about, I remember one game, um, the clock keeper told me, son, you might want to call a timeout. It was a very crucial time. <laughs> you might want to call a timeout right now. <laughs> I thank you. And so I called a timeout. And um, I remember it was a year before that, 
um, before I even got the, um, the head coach's job, he, he was going on the road to go to Jackson. He had to go to Shaw. Yeah. Riley, I'm just not feeling well. Can you please just take over them? So I'm thinking, yeah, I'll do it. And to get there in that atmosphere and with Shaw, and it's one thing to coach junior high. You know, if you just have a good enough press and good right. enough athletes, you can win. And to, to be out there and to be in a situation like that, it really kind of woke me up, and I really wanted it then. You know, but I wasn't sure when did I wanted to do it. You know, in the following year, he um, had like the first couple games he coached. Then he just told me, he's like, I can't do it anymore. And um, he said, I want you to step in. I want you to to take over. You know, I'm still trying to finish up my degree. I'm still scrapping yeah. to finish up my degree. So you were a paraprofessional. I was. At the time. And um, so I about to finish up with that stuff. And um, that first year, we made it to the game to get to uh, the game to get into Jackson. And we played against Shaw again. And Shaw beat me. And Shaw went on to win it. So I was sick. I didn't watch basketball. Yeah. Uh, from that point on, um, but it also made me kind of, you know, it woke me up again. It every, every little thing then kind of just, you know, made me want to do it more. Right. And the following year, I was told, hey, look, either get your stuff done by X month yeah. or we're taking this away from you. Right. So now I have the pressure of, i never forget it, starting out going to Olive Branch, playing Olive Branch with a 118, playing a 618. And Center Hill in, in one week, and having to take my practices one and two, my practices two like to to actually graduate. All this was in the same week, so I had a game on Monday in Olive Branch, and then take my practices test the Tuesday, and then that Thursday playing at Center Hill. And I was thinking, man, if I don't, this is not my team. And I'm coaching, but this is not going to be my team. And right. once again, God's plan. Coach Terry left this over to me and gave it to me. We thrived. Um, I passed all my my, my tests within one week, and um, that year we went to, to the game to get to Jackson. We got beat by Shaw, and then after that, the, everything started kind of clicking. And I had one of the teachers at uh, Ashton tell, told me she's like, "Riley, you're gonna win Jackson this year, you know, state this year." And I said, "Why do you say that?" And she said, "Because God wanted to make sure you got the credit, not somebody else." Yeah. And um, that stuff I'm listening to. I'm thinking, well, she know what she's talking yeah. about. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. You know, that year, the following you got beat in overtime by Shaw. Shaw was, um, Shaw, I just, was the team. Uh, Shaw was the team. I, I was tired of Shaw, you know. And um, <laughs> I um, went to Shaw and we got beat in overtime by one point. Um, free, and the guy stepped on the line on the free throw. And they called the free throw off. So that could have yeah. been game, you know. And... Um, the following year, we, we we had everybody back. We had, I think we had one senior, maybe one or two seniors, and the starting core came back, and I stayed at it for two more years. So we went through there. We played well. We played four, five, and six A schools until it was division time. We done well. We won it that year. Played West Lounge, who was had a couple six sixes, and yeah. our tallest person was like five ten. My center was like five ten, five eleven. Right, and um. We pulled that out, and then the following year we had this everybody back again, and we you know we won it again. And um, then this past year, you know everybody kind of counted us out because I only had two starters back from the following year, and wow. everybody else was 
pretty much babies. There was right, underclassmen. Underclassmen, or if there was a senior, they didn't they have didn't any experience. Because yeah. we had a couple guys that started it, quit ninth and tenth grade year, and came back and for their junior year and played JV, and then had to step up and start the next year. Right. And you know, everyone kind of you know, well, there's no way Ashland will make it again, and we made it to Jackson one more time and um, to the finals. And we, Oklahoma was a little bit much for us, and, but I was just proud of the fact that I knew Oklahoma was pound for pound the better team, had more athletes. And, um, but I was really proud of the fact that we defied all odds because in everybody else's eyes, Hulk and uh, all these Wheeler and all these other teams was way better than us, but we still found a way to, to make it to the, uh, the championship. Everybody goes through obstacles in life. How did you overcome your, what, what, what was the determination, the will to overcome your obstacles? Um, I had a lot of things. What was the deciding factor? I'm gonna tell you one of the biggest things is um, I have, just like I talked about my son, I have, a year later I had a daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, she was killed by the babysitter. She shook her and she was died from shaking baby syndrome. And I almost gave up everything. Look, I almost just quit. I didn't want to do anything. And um, my mom told me that I had a lot to, to live for and I had a lot to accomplish, you know. And she told me that God put my son here because he knew that my daughter was going to be taken out. I, I needed something to live for. And um, I really feel that by losing my daughter, the kids that I come in contact with now, I take it to a, a personal level, to where it's not just about basketball, it's not just about what they can do. Of course, I want elite athletes, but at the same time, I look at the kids that I have or I come in contact with as, as family. Like I, I coached girls at the time, too, and. Uh, I always told them that they was my daughters. The daughters that, the daughter that I lost, I, I have 15 to 17 daughters every year, you know. And I feel like that by me losing my child, it helps me with how I handle other people's kids. You know, I would never do anything to harm. I'm only here to help in any way that I can. And I, I really feel that when my daughter died in 05 that that's one of the biggest things that really turned me around. What is your best attribute as a coach? What what makes you think? Why do you think you? Um, that's a good question. Um, it's because I talk to some coaches, and I can tell that they are so smart at what they do, and they have studied certain things, and um, you know, you can tell they're well versed at what they do. And here I am. The only coach I've really reached out to was probably Coach Terry and maybe Coach Thompson out of branch. It's not been very many. And to, I kind of came into it and kind of had my own concept. It might be the same thing that they have read up on, but this right. is kind of what I developed. Not knowing there's something out there that's already named. Right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm not saying that I, I thought of it, but I'm still, I'm, I'm just happy that I can still think on the same lines without being as versed or, or being as, in touch with some of the coaching, you know, society that, that they are. They are. Yeah. I feel like when I get to the point where I can do the same thing as they can, is reach out and have many contacts and, you know, and have um, the ability to kind of reach out and get all this information they, you know, gain over the years. Now, if I'm not behind, but I am behind. Yeah. So if I can kind of halfway be where they are with all the stuff that they've gained over the years, I feel that once I'm able to reach out to these other people and kind of get that same knowledge that it can finally push me over to where I need to be at. When you get done coaching 30, 40 years from now, 
what do you want your legacy to be as a coach? My biggest thing is um, I think my legacy is to be successful, of course. You know, of course, every coach wants to be successful. But I just want to be this all-around good guy, I, I believe, you know, because we all know coaches that's been successful but that nobody really cared for, you know. But I want to be that guy that whether I'm successful or not, I'm well-liked and, and well-known in, in the coaching community. You're about to start uh, coaching here at Pontiac High School. Yes. Your first year. What's the number one thing that you want to accomplish? You know, it's a lot of pressure, for one. You know, within five years, I've had a lot of success. So people think that I have some type of magic. That yeah. once I just, he's done all this here, and you know, as soon as he comes here, it's going to be the same exact thing. And so, of course, I have that same fear of failure that I've always had over these years. And the main thing that I want to accomplish here is if they never won with all the talent they've had here, every coach's ultimate goal is to win a championship. And to be, to be the first person to do that here, it would be lovely because Coach Gans being here, who's been a, a great coach, has had a long line of great coaches. Vandiver, a, a lot of great coaches here. And to be able to separate myself maybe some type of uh, some sort of way, well, the kids have to help me do that. But to be able to do something that hasn't been done, which is a championship here, would be, be great. Well, thank you for your time, Coach Tipler. We certainly wish Coach Tipler luck in his newest challenge, and if the past is any indicator, he will crush any adversity that comes his way. Next week, we shift our focus to the high school football field. The player we highlight is extremely gifted and driven and strong and absolutely nothing like you would imagine. Beaver and Fitz, executive producer, writer, and editor Jason Lee Usry, producer Nick Boone. I'm WTVA Sports Director Jim Holder. Subscribe to the show now if you haven't already, so you'll be notified when our next episode is released. And if you like what you've heard so far, please leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Until next time, I'll keep you updated on all things sports at WTVA.com and on WTVA 9 News. Thanks for listening.